Isaiah 45, verse 2 and 3 says, I will go before you and I will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you hidden, rich, hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you, who's called you by your name. Father, I pray right now that you would be with myself, be with the congregation here this morning. He that has an ear, let him hear. Remove me. Place your Holy Spirit behind this pulpit, Lord God. I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, for what you are doing in this church. In Jesus' name. And all the saints of God says, we all said, before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them, I know you got hearts. Then you may be seated. This past football season was a difficult one for me. Very humbling, if you will. As a 49er fan, you could tell how difficult it was for them too, right? You can see that. And, you know, December 7th, mark it on your calendars. I'm just telling you right now. 49ers versus Raiders. We're going to do something brand new. Never done before ever in this church. I've never even heard of it ever a church ever doing it myself. But we're going to do it anyways. We're actually going to have church in the Oakland Coliseum parking lot. Right there. So, mark it on your calendars, December 7th. I know some of you already circled it like, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to go. Forget that. We're going to make an impact when we get there. Forget all that alcohol. They get drunk before it's even 9 o'clock. Well, we're going to bring the Holy Spirit there before 9 o'clock. All right? So just mark it on your calendars, December 7th, Raiders Niners. Anyways, like I was sharing, sharing, it's very difficult this past season. I have a few Seahawks fans that are my friends. And, but for that season, they weren't my friends. Right? Yeah. And I was talking with a few friends of mine that were Seahawks fans and and it was hard, right? Because, you know, we're just like, they got us. I really can't say anything. You know, I don't like to make excuses. That's one thing I've learned growing up playing a lot of sports and, and growing up even in ministry. Don't make excuses. If it's there, just change it. Forget it. Suck it up and go. Move on. Let's, let's go. So it was really hard for me because the truth was the Niners were not the best. Right? We always say that our Raiders are the best. Niners are the best. Reality is Seahawks were the best. That's it. That's the truth, right? That's the truth. Not for us, like, no. So we were having a conversation, and I remember as we were having a conversation, we were talking, and finally I just, I couldn't take it anymore. So I was just like, well, you know what? Yeah, you guys won, but you guys only got one. Right? Couldn't make any excuses how, you know, we messed up, because we did. Should have won. We didn't. So uh, what did I do? I just went right, reverted back and said, well, at least we got five. You can't give somebody a high one. But you can give somebody a high five, right? I was like doing all this stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing was is that as the time went on, I said, okay, well, what you have, your one ring, that's in the past now. It's history. I'm looking forward to the new season. But then they kept reverting back, said, well, we won. We took, I was like, yeah, but that was months ago. Well, who cares? We won. said, okay, fine. You want to talk about months ago? Let's talk about decades ago. said, we've got history. We've got a legacy. 
You guys got Steve Largent? <laughs> Football fans know his name. But we've got Joe Montana. We got Jerry, Ronnie Lott, Roger Craig. I mean, even if you want to go even further back, we got Y.A. Tittle. I mean, we've got all these. I mean, talk, we got future, even right now, the, the Kaepernicking right now. We're creating legends. But as we were talking, basically at the end of the conversation, I said, look, don't get mad at me because we got history and you don't. Don't get mad at me. Hey, we've got a great legacy. And what you need to know here this morning is that you are a part of a great legacy. You have great history. You have great generals that have gone before you that have been able to catch touchdowns even before some of you were even born. And before some of you were even born again. There were men and women doing things that you've never seen done before. Going places you've never gone before. Why? Because you've got a history. You've got a legacy. You've got something that you're a part of. The moment you come on and you put on the jersey and you put on that anointing of victory outreach, you're saying, hey, I'm putting on a legacy that I'm a part of. That, man, there's an anointing that I have. I'm telling you right now, the moment you put it on, there's like an anointing that you have. Uh, for those of you that are visiting for the first time, don't be scared. Don't get afraid when drug addicts start walking up to you for no reason. You know why? It's just an anointing. Just all of a sudden, your eyes get open to the hurting like never before. How did that happen? It's just an anointing. It's just that's the legacy you have. Look at your neighbor and say, that's your legacy. That's just what you have. Uh, uh, for even those of, those of you maybe like myself, never involved in drugs, never involved in alcohol, never really got into partying, never really heavily into any of that stuff. But for, for some reason, I don't know what it is. I just see people and I want to give them my jacket. I just see people and I want to give them what's in my pocket. I, it's, just, it's just there. I just want to, how can I help? See, without Christ and without the anointing, I'll just, I just go about my daily business. I don't care. I don't care less what you go through. really doesn't matter. But all of a sudden, when you jump on this team, there is a legacy. Somebody say legacy. Somebody say legacy. And we have generations within this legacy. We have the pioneer generation, the Joshua generation, and even you saw it earlier right here of the kids of the next generation. Wasn't that powerful to see this next generation right here? See, in the pioneer generation, they're a very unique generation. The, the, that was really my, my father's generation. They would do things that were radical. Now, for us, we're, you know, we're, we're radical on, on small stuff. No, they were literally radical. They would have church in the morning, and get this, they would have church at night, too. Whoa. Whoa, breaking barriers. You know what they would do after church? They would take off their ties, put on some street clothes, and take, take church to the streets. Every, I'm, I'm not talking just like once a week. I'm not talking twice a week. I'm not just talking three times. They would do this up to five, six times a week. Having church. I mean, they were excited about church. It wasn't one of those, well, I got to go to church, and I just, well, at least I'm going to show up. They should be happy I'm here. But they were involved in a generation that said, hey, we want to conquer the world. We want to take this world for God's honor and for God's glory. And they did it. They were the generation that came up with the WWW. 
What's it called? The World Wide Web. You know why it's called the World Wide Web? Because they went around the world. They were the generation that saw the things that no one else could ever see. They were a very unique, a pioneering generation, uh, blazing trails that no one else could ever see. They were consoled, their, their motto was, give me souls lest I die. Give me souls lest I die. They were not concerned about the comfort of their very own families. When my father and mom came up here, they didn't have a lot of money. They didn't have a lot of resources. They didn't have a lot of furniture when they got here. But when they came, all they had was a vision from God, an anointing within the ministry, and said, hey, I'm ready to win souls for God's honor and God's glory. They were a part of a pioneering generation. Very unique they received God's purpose and God's values for even for this ministry. And then the next generation, the Joshua generation, this is a bridge-building generation. Now, the, this generation has a very great responsibility because they outnumber the pioneers. They are the link between the past and the link to the future. Between the roots and the direction of where the ministry is to go. The Joshua generation has a very profound responsibility. A very heavy responsibility. Because they got to constantly remind ourselves of who we really are. That listen, we're not normal. If you wanted to come and you thought you were coming, oh, I'm just going to go to church. I'm just going to go to a normal church. I'm going to wear my normal dress. I got my normal shoes. I think I got my normal Bible. I got my normal friends. Then, my friend, you're in the wrong place. Because we are not normal. Now, if you're saying, well, how do you know that? All you got to do is just look to the person to your left or right. And you go, yeah, that's true. I ain't. He ain't normal. If you really want to make sure that you're not normal, just shake hands with Brother Greg. You'll know you're not normal. That is an abnormal handshake if you've ever had one, right? We're not normal, but it's good. It's great. I love it. When you come in here, Sister Irma gives you the hugs because those are not normal hugs. We're just, we're not normal folks. Like, you could try to be normal. You could try your best, but just can't help it. We're not normal. I've tr trust me, I tried to be normal. I can't. God broke my ankles to make sure you're not going to be normal. Now, that's my own testimony. I'll give it to you another day. But that's what happened to me. I wanted to play sports, and God said, nope, I'm going to break your ankles. Thanks, God. Man, couldn't you break anything else? You know, break a little tendon here. To, nope, I'm going to break your ankles so you can't move, can't go nowhere. Because for those, if you're like me, sometimes God has to break your ankles just to make sure you don't go anywhere. Because we're not normal. I'm not normal. You're not normal. Because you are a part of a generation that God is trying to make sure, listen, the values and the principles that were given to the pioneer, are you going to give it to this next generation? And if you're going to give it to them, you've got to make sure, listen, we're not normal. Look at your neighbor say, you're not normal. See, the next generation, the high schoolers, the junior hires, the, the UTCs that we have, constantly reminding who we are. This is that next generation that's going to pour in, and they're going to see a revival like we've never seen it before. Like we've never seen it before. The other day, I was talking with somebody, and I seen them wearing this hat. Now, I have this hat because I remember it. In 1989, the A's and the Giants played each other. And there's a hat. It's half Giants, half A's. You guys remember that? I have that hat. It's kind of a memorabilia hat. But he was wearing this hat. 
So I went up to him, and I asked him, I go, hey, are you an A's fan or are you a Giants fan? And he gave me the answer that I was just like, you're going to hell for that answer. <laughs> he goes, oh, he goes, I like both teams. Don't you ever. Right? Because inside, I'm like, pick one. Like, I don't care if you're an Ace fan, but, you know, and the Ace fan, you know, because, you know, there's just like this little thing in there. It's just like, ah, I can't. Pick one. Be somebody. Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? Right? Let's be honest. I really don't have that much against the Ace. If you're a Dodger fan, I'm going to pray for you after this. Amen. Ace is, is fine, but this is my thing. If you're going to be an Ace fan, be an Ace fan. Be a Giants fan, be a Giants fan. Be whoever. Just know who you are. You have to know who you are. It's very important because when you go into battle, my father used to say this all the time. When you go into battle and you don't know who you are, if you're wearing a top A's and the bottom Giants, you're going to get shot by both sides. Because real people know real people. They understand it. you got to know who you are. Here today, you need to know who you are. Look at your neighbor and say, do you know who you are? I want to give you a few points here this morning, really quick. I don't want to go very long. Really quick of knowing who we are as Victory Outreach. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? you got to know who you are. Number one, we are a vision-driven ministry. Vision driven. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people will perish. In the Holman Christian Standard, I like what it says. It says, without revelation, people run wild. Without revelation, without a vision, people just go careless. They go wherever and do whatever they want. See, here in this ministry, you're going to know right off the top, we are here to reach treasures out of darkness. Hidden riches. They're in secret places. That's where God has called us to go. We have a vision. We have a goal. We have a mindset. We know exactly what God has called us to do. Can I hear an amen? amen. See, the moment you come in here, you know that this is a vision-driven ministry. You'll see it happening without, from the beginning of service to the end. You will hear things that you won't hear in normal churches. We talk about POs. Who, what church do you go talks about parole officers. Only here do we talk about getting high on the most high. Only here we talk about getting drunk in the spirits. Who does that? Victory Outreach. We know who we are. So even when other people say, why do they do it? Well, just we know who we are. We understand it. We know that at one time in our lives, we were messed up. Without Christ, we are tore up from the floor up. We are beat up from the feet up. We have no purpose. We have no vision. But with Christ, we have a vision and we have a purpose. Can I hear an amen? amen. Vision driven. Number two is that we are a ministry of faith. Somebody say faith. faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Listen to me this morning. I want you to know something, Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay. We are a ministry of faith. Somebody say faith. faith. Somebody say faith. faith. 
The just shall live by. The just shall give by. We're a ministry of faith. A lot of people always ask many times, even when they come and the, the offering baskets go by, so, well, oh, man, see, all the church, they want us your money. No, we actually don't want your money. Keep your money. We want your faith. We want your faith. Now, if you want to interlock faith with us, then, yeah, go ahead and do your best. I know it's hard. The just shall give by faith because it's by faith. We've been doing this ministry by faith for so long. Can you, if you were to have heard the stories, there's so many stories that they talk about. Even when my parents came up here on June 23rd, 1981, when they came up here, they had a trailer. And it was filled with a few little things, and that's it. Like, if we were to do that today, you know that we would get like, what's wrong with you? You shouldn't be doing that. You don't send people out like that. That's how they did it. They just went out there like that. I don't even think the car made it all the way up here. It had, a, you know, the wheel. I think the, the tire fell off. And you have to remember, back then, I don't think, I don't, not positive, but I don't think there was AAA. They didn't, I know for sure there was no cell phones. They didn't have all that stuff. So whenever they had to fix it, there were, we didn't even have a men's home at that time. They had to fix it all. Let's get it. Okay, don't call. Oh, don't call brother so-and-so. There was no churches up here. There was actually two churches, San Jose and San Francisco. That was it. They just said, we're going to go by faith. By faith. This ministry has been built by faith. We're going to continue to build by faith. So for those of you that are wondering, man, how can I get involved? How can I get connected? You know how you connect, can connect with us? By faith. By faith. Even though sometimes you walk into a church and they go, oh, man, they need to fix this. Oh, they need to, oh, this should be happening. How come the AC doesn't work? How come they, well, they didn't shake my hand. Okay, well, listen, there are a lot of things that you're going to find wrong with this church. I'll tell you right now. But you know how we're going to fix it? By faith. But not just our faith. Your faith. Your faith. See, people always think they rely on the church's faith. No, you have faith too. If we're going to grow this church according to God's word and God's plan, God's will, it's going to be by faith. Somebody say by faith. by faith. Somebody say by faith. by faith. The third thing is we are, we are a value-driven ministry. We have the five E's and the three C's. The five E's of our ministry, exaltation, evangelism, establishing, envisioning, equipping. And then we also have the three C's, cause, community, and corporation. I like what. Roy Disney said, he said, it's not hard to make decisions when you know what your values are. It's not hard to make a decision when you know what your values are. It's very, uh, it's actually pretty easy to know. Well, I already know who I am, so we're not going to do this and we are going to do this. See, our values here, and I've shared this story before, even with, uh, years ago, we used to sell tickets as a ministry. We would sell tickets, sell tickets, sell tickets, and my dad said, no, we ain't selling no tickets. I said, Dad, we got to sell tickets, make more money. That's how we're going to make more money. That's how we can make a lot of money. That's how we can make a lot of money. But when you know what your values are, that's not that difficult. No, I don't care how much money it makes. The answer is no. I don't care what it takes. I know my values. See, when you know what your values are and you know what you stand for, nothing can shake that. And no one can shake that because you have a value. Somebody say value. Albert Einstein said, try not to become a man of success, but rather try to become a man of value. The fourth thing that we are is we are a family-oriented ministry. 
Acts chapter 2 verse 46 says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. For those of you that are Spanish, they broke pan dulce in their casas. And they comer el togethero with glad corazones. As you can tell, I didn't have that in my notes right there. So you're Spanish speaking right there. But see, no matter what language you speak, we all speak heart. All of us. We all speak heart. You can go to a man right now on the street. He could probably know no English, but if you give him some food, I'm pretty sure you're speaking heart. See, it's very important that we understand that we are a family-oriented ministry. We love to break bread in the houses. Some houses, they love to break carne asada. Come on now, Brother Art. I, I know over at my house with Sister Loretta, she loves to cook some uh, the collard greens. Mmm, so good. That cornbread. Man, I'm going to slap somebody when I eat that stuff. <laughs> Serious. You're laughing. Eat that. You won't laugh. You're going to feel like you're in heaven. Like, oh, holla- mm. hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know what it is about coming together and break. I- I'm saying this because this is very important that you find a life group. Find a life group. Listen, I know we come together and we celebrate and we sing songs. And I love seeing Brother Steve up here. He's dancing and singing. And AJ singing. Oh, I love it. And the baskets pass and we're shaking hands. But one of the best things that I love is when we have churches in our home. I love that. We're able to come together. We can break bread. We can break dialogue. Say, hey, what do you think about this? I read this in the Bible. You know, one of my favorite Bible studies is when we would come together, and when the Bible study was over, we would keep talking about the Bible. Oh, that was the best. Those are the best. And that's what the Bible says, that they would do that every day. Look, we talk about life groups once a week. You know how they had revival? They broke bread every day. Every, every day they figured out a way to come together. See, when you're a family-oriented ministry, see, the other thing also about family, let me say this, is that family, sometimes we also hurt each other too. Get on each other's nerves. Scoot over. Get away right now. God bless you. Jesus loves you. Not me. I don't love you right now. But listen, that's the great thing. We're family. It's okay. Know this. Just because somebody gets on your nerves within the church, just because somebody kind of irks you the wrong way, doesn't mean they're not family. We're family. We have been chosen by God. See, in your immediate family, your, your blood family, your physical blood family, you, you, you know, there's certain values that you have, certain ways that you look at it. Well, you need to know that in the spirit, we have a DNA blood, a spiritual blood, because we've been covered under the blood. We've all been bought by the blood. And so under that blood, that DNA, listen, every once in a while, we might get on each other's nerves, but it's okay. We're family. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're my family. Okay, I'm definitely going to have you say it again because some of you looked at the person next to you like, I'm really not that glad. (laughs) 
Look at them one more time and tell them, I'm so glad you're my family. There we go. I saw some of you kiss now. All right, awesome. Married couples. Uh Married couples. I think that was a cue for some of the singles. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You heard the pastor, sister. You heard the pastor. You want a date right? Get connected. Don't connect to her. Connect to him first. And if she connects to him, then there'll be that connection in the spirit. Family. The next thing that we are is we are discipleship-based ministry. Somebody say discipleship. Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. We have an emphasis on discipleship, not just converts, but reproducing ourselves into others. Making disciples. That's what I love uh, about our church, that we just don't want to see converts. Listen, converts are great. And for those of you that just got saved, amen, praise the Lord. But now you got to position yourself to become a disciple. Become a disciple. Just don't come. Listen, I know church is good. We have a great time, and we, we dress up, and we wear ties, and they wear, ladies wear dresses, and we, oh, we do our best, and we sing our best, and that's good to come to church. That's a part of your conversion. That's a part of the transformation. That's a part of the sanctification. However, to really internalize the word of God, you have to get with those that have it internal already inside of them. It's very important. Discipleship-based. You know how we do this? This is one way that we do it. We do the discipleship-based in our men's and women's homes. That is a major part of discipleship. You know what they get in the morning? Jesus in the morning. You know what they get in the noontime? Jesus in the noontime. You know what they get in the evening time? Jesus in the evening time. You know what they get before they go to bed? Jesus before they go to bed. And guess what they get when they wake up? Jesus when you wake up. We'll go, no, come on, man. We've we got to get this. It's a, part, it's a part of the discipleship of who we are. We have UTCs in Victory Outreach. Come on, UTC alumni. UTC, where we send people off and say, get out of here. Kind of. Some we say, oh, we're going to miss you. And others say, never come back, please. Don't ever come out. I'm just kidding. Actually, some of them, they do never come back. That's actually a good thing now. Get gone. Go fulfill your call. Why? Because you've become a disciple of Christ. Actually, there is a new thing going on in our UTCs now. That that's where they're starting to pluck many of the team members. And they're saying, hey, okay, you went, you were a part of your church for that amount of time, but now you are a saint and a soldier of Christ. And we're going to send you all over the world. How do they do that? Because we make disciples. We just don't make converts. We make disciples where men and women have a heart after God, where they stay committed. And sometimes you don't hear that word all that much, commitment, because now, nowadays it's almost like the church has reversed. People come to church and they go, oh, man, this church needs to change. Like, wait, wait, wait. Actually, when you read the scriptures, it was the reverse. The book of Acts, read it for yourself. Some of the ministers were reading it right now, right, in that book. It was reversed. They would come to church and they'd say, you need to change. You got to change. 
Don't look at it the way that you're, oh, man, they should adjust this. They should move this. They should move that. Okay, that's good, and that's great, and that's fine. But listen, we're an imperfect church reaching imperfect people, going after a perfect God, after his perfect will. We don't have it all together. However, if you want to keep us together, then get connected to Christ. We can get connected to you, and therefore, we can have disciples. Getting that together. Discipleship-driven ministry. Discipleship-based. Another thing that we are... Is number six is that we have, we have an emphasis on having a sense of dignity. Titus chapter 2 verse 7 says, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity and show dignity. You know what dignity is? It's calling nobodies and turning them into somebodies. With a sense of dignity and respect. It's a quality that we have. Who in their right mind would give a license to a guy like Brother Greg. I like picking on Greg. I don't know why. What it is with him. Now, I say that because real soon, very soon, soon and very soon, I'm praying. Brother Greg is going to be getting his license to become a full-time minister. I, I think he's got more units than all the Vethi students combined. <laughs> it really does. He went to school. He just took everything. He got everything. He got class for this. He made up classes just so he could teach himself. That's how many units he has. But, I, I mean, I really began to reflect on this. Like, who would give a license, become a licensed minister with guys who've got tattoos all over their neck? Ladies with tattoos all over their neck. I mean, some of these guys, if you were to read their rap sheet on some of the things that they've done, I mean, legally, and when I mean legal, I mean the world's government, legally, they should be thrown away in prison for life. And if they're not in prison, they should be staying away from people, court-ordered away from civilization for like 100 feet. You can't come into 100 feet with anybody. I mean, if you were to look at some of the things that some of these men and women did, but all of a sudden, God comes in and says, no, I'm going to give you a hope. I'm going to give you a future. I'm going to restore your dignity, which you have been stole, what's been stolen from you. I'm going to give it right back to you. All the family members that were bad-mouthing you, that were talking bad about you, that were leaving you, all of a sudden I'm going to restore it back to you. There's going to be reconciliation back again within your family. There's going to be re- restoration back again within your family. You know who can do that? God can do that. God can do that. Somebody even asked me the other day, said, why do you guys wear suits and ties? I said, you know why? It's because I feel distinguished. I feel like a dignified gentleman when I wear this. I just like to. It's not my fault I look good, better than Brad Pitt. Don't get mad at me. That's what my wife says. You like that, huh? You like that one? Get that man a suit and tie right there. See, that's why a lot of people say, oh, the, 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 the ties and the dresses, that's old school. No, it's still a school. Amen. And I just like to be, it's a dignity. That's what we do even within the homes. That's why the moment they, the men come into the home, get a suit and tie. Amen. Right? So here's a Bible, here's a tie, and here's a suit. Even though it doesn't match, wear it anyways. <laughs> why? Because we want to raise the quality. 
You are now a somebody. There's a redemption lift that all of a sudden comes in. There's dignity back into your life once again. And listen, my friend, uh, looking good, and that's not just for all the upper echelon. No, no, that's for those that have goodness inside of them, that got God inside of them. There's a dignity back again that say, hey, I want to dress my best for the best. It's just a choice. I have chosen to keep my dignity back again. I'm not going to let the enemy rob it anymore. That's just my choice. That's all it is. And we're saying, hey, God has given me a sense of dignity and quality back within my life. There's a standard that has been raised. Number seven is we are a self-sustaining ministry. In other words, it's all in the house. What we need is in the house. What we have is in the house. What God wants to do for the city of Hayward, it's in the house. The tithes, the offerings, united we can reach the world. Can I hear an amen? See, we can, we can count on God to supply all the needs of his people. Listen, my friend, he wants to bless you. He, his plan is to bless you. His plan is to prosper you. And he will, all the vision that you hear come from behind the pulpit, know that it doesn't come from the pulpit. The vision comes, but where it's going to come from is from right here. We're ourselves. We don't get funds from the government. We don't get funds. Believe me, there has been so many times where we've even, you know, been sitting around, even me and Greg, Pastor Matthew, we've just been kind of sitting around and jokingly at times we'll, we'll have like, well, maybe we should call, you know, the, that big business and they should sponsor us, right? You know, it sounds cool to say, you know, like, eh, but in reality we go, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not it. We are not going to be supported by these other businesses. If they want to donate, praise the Lord. But as far as being supported, that's totally different. We are supported by the people of God. We are sustained by the men and women of God that have a sense of dignity, that have a sense of purpose. No longer are we just throwing money away, but now we are putting money in good soil. Everything that you see here, even yesterday when we had the, the march, you know how much that cost? Free. It's free. All it took was just effort for men and women to put on a T-shirt, hold up a sign, and walk down the street. That's it. That's it. See, because a lot of times we think, oh, we got to do these big old events, and we got to spend thousands of dollars. Listen, they have their place, but it's a very small place. It's very small, very, very small. The bigger place is when the people of God say, I've got a big God with a big vision, ready to do big things for his honor and for his glory. It's all in the house. Look at your neighbor and say, it's in the house. Almost done as they come to the piano right here. Another thing that we are is we are an inner city focused ministry. Acts chapter 26 verse 19 says, So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. We have a specific vision to reach the inner cities of the world. See, when other people go into other cities, they see the bright lights. They see the big uh, finances, they see the big resources. What we see is we see the darkness. We see the dim lit areas. God has given us a specific vision. The other day, uh, my, uh, my cousin was wearing some glasses. And he, as he was wearing some glasses, he, he put them down, you know, kind of fix them a little bit. And I took his glasses. I go, hey, let me look at them. You know, just, just want to check it out. I held them up. I put them on. I go, whoa. 
I can't, what, what, what is this? Like everything, I literally could not see my hand in front. He had like, you know, Coke bottle glasses. I was like, whoa, what is this? And then I took them right off. I go, oh, okay, all right, man, I could see better. The, see, the thing about us is that we need to understand as Victory Outreach, if we try to put other ministries' goggles on, other ministries' glasses on, we're not going to see straight. We're not going to see right. We could try and do all that other stuff and, oh, they do this and they do that. I want to go to that church. The, you know, it's dim. the lights are dim over there and they got bright lights and they got huge screens and, oh, they do all that and they don't even care if you show up to church or not. I like that kind of church. We have a specific focus within our ministry. We know exactly what we're looking at. We know exactly where we're going to. And God has given us this vision for this season. He has given us this reason and this purpose for this time. And so for those of us, those of you that may say, well, you've been looking through other, other goggles. That's why it's very difficult for you to see the vision here, the house vision. I want to challenge you. Take those spiritual bifocals off. You take them off. And just allow God to show you exactly what needs to be seen. I don't know about you, but man, when I drive and I see those that are hurting, that's I have to stop. And there's many times where I do stop. But there's so much hurting needs. I can't do it all. You can't do it all by yourself. But as a unit and as a body, we're going to see revival in this city like never before. Greater things are yet to come for this city here within Hayward. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? One of the few last things is we are a ministry with an international scope. In other words, we got to be careful not to become complacent. Complacent people live off past commitments and don't make new ones. You know what we need to do is we need to update our commitments. We need to update our challenges. We need to take on some new challenges. That's one of the reasons why we've taken on this Asian invasion. Some of you... As they say, oldies, time to get some new challenges once again. You got to take on those challenges. Listen, I, I appreciate a lot of the things that we have done. And I say we because even though I'm young, I've been saved since I was 15 years old. I was this youth pastor here when I was 18 years old. I put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this ministry at a young age. So I say we, not just you, we. I was here. So I've even had to make a commitment to myself. i got to update my own commitments. Or am I going to live off the stories of the commitments of the past? I remember when I did that. Oh, man, we had some lock-ins. Powerful. We had some fun. Oh, I remember all-night prayers. Oh, those were great, man. Those were awesome times. Oh, I remember the Bible studies. Man, we would stay hours after. Okay, what about Bible studies of today? What about all-night prayers of today? What about going across the world of today? I've been to the Philippines five times. I can't wait for my sixth. I know some of you, you've been to other countries. Say, man, I've traveled there. I've been there. Some of you, you have went there on vacation. Now it's time to go with a purpose. Now it's time to go with a commitment. Listen, traveling in the world of vacation, that's cool. and That's fun. It has its place. But don't get complacent. Don't just say, well, I was good for then. I did that back then. 
I went to church a lot back then. See, some of you even need to update your challenge of even just coming to church now. Update that. I, I went to church when I was a kid. Okay, you're not a kid anymore. You can make your own decisions. Your mom ain't forcing you, telling you, wake up, we're going to church. You're your own person now. You're your own man. You're your own woman. Because I know many of us, when you were younger, you were forced to go to church, right? You got to go to church. You got to go to church. Well, now you ain't a kid anymore. Make your own decision. Meet your own challenge. You take a step of faith. Some of you leaders now, you've been leading within the ministry. You need to take a new challenge now. You need to do a life group and not just listen. And you're going to hear it tonight. No more just seasonal life groups. I'm just here for a season. I'm going to do a life group for a season. And I'm going to do it for, for just a few weeks and then I'm done. So does that mean that you've stopped becoming a minister after six weeks? You don't talk to nobody no more? You don't lead nobody no more? You don't pray for people no more? You're, you're not a, a minister of the gospel anymore because it's just seasonal? I'll be talking about that tonight. But listen, I want to challenge you. Make a new commitment. We're, we're an international ministry. You know what some of your prayers should be? I want to challenge you. Say, God, make a way for me to go around the world. Hasn't some of you, when you were in school, didn't you say, I want to go to China one day? Didn't some of you guys say, I know you said that. I'm going I'm to go to Europe one day. I want to go to Africa, right? And it sounded cool as a kid, but then reality set in. Oh, I got to work now. Oh, I, got, I got a job now. Yeah, I got, I got a family now. Well, what about your challenge of your call when you were a kid? You felt it even back then. But then all of a sudden, things come in. Some of you got to update that. Say, okay, God, I need to get fresh once again. I want to have that fresh spirit in me once again. God, give me a heart for the people once again. When years ago, when people, they used to do things, they, I mean, used to pray for them, used to love on them. Now, all of a sudden, something happened, and you start gossiping and start being bitter about them. Start talking about them. When before, years ago, let me pray for you. Now, it's like, man, somebody needs to pray for them. You need to update your commitment. You need to update who you are in the call of God for your life. See, this ministry, we know exactly what God has called us to do. Listen, I thank God for Templo de la Cruz. I really love them. Pastor John, he's becoming one of, a, one of my great friends now. I talk with him every so often. He's a great man of God. Bishop Macklin, I don't know if we'd still be here if it wasn't for him. Man, I thank God for Bishop Macklin. Pastor Samaron, they're losing via. I'm starting to get to know a lot of these pastors. I'm starting to get to know many of them. Pastor Ariel, he pastors right over here, right on the other side of where my house is. He has a church right there. Great church, great people. There's so many different ones. Pastor Chuck uh, Horner, the, the different ones, uh, the Elmhurst, great, Grace Community. I went to a school there at Harbor Light. It was called Fremont First Assembly. I went there for 13 years. I thank God for Pastor Inman. I thank God for the, those assemblies of God. I thank God for them. We need them in our city. Thank, I mean, I praise the Lord for them. However, I know who I am. And I know what God has called me to do. I know what God has called us to do. Listen, this is a body. And every facet of the body does something different. We as Victory Outreach, we have been referred to by Nikki Cruz and also Mario Murillo as the arm of the body of Christ. And I like that analogy. That's, I feel like that's who we are. We are Victory Outreach. 
There's so many things that we could do with this hand. We can love with this hand. We can shake things up with this hand. We can go to places with this hand. This is you right here. It's the arm. They were outstretched. Some of you lately, maybe you've had your arm crept in. I don't want nobody in here. I don't want nobody to know my business. I don't want nobody to know what I'm going through. You're protecting it, protecting it. God's saying, listen, right now, if you know who you are, vision-driven, discipleship-based, family-oriented, when you know who you are, you can do what God has called you to do. Big you outreach heart of the bay. There's a wave that is happening within our church. And I'm excited, and it gets me going. It gets me moving. I love seeing salvations. If you were here last Sunday, this place, this altar call was filled with salvations. Listen to me, Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay. That's really what we're all about. All, having all that other stuff and, you know, playing games here and getting the VBS. I mean, I love all that stuff. Those are great programs. But really what it's all about is when you come and you see salvations. That's what God has called us to do. I want to challenge those of you that you've had, well, I, I used to do that. I used to go pray for, I used to wake up in the midnight hour, go out and go pray for people. But let's let that next generation do that. Joshua had a Caleb and Caleb had a Joshua. Need each other. For those of you that maybe you weren't born again within Victory Outreach, but you, had a, you have a heart after God, I want you to know this. This church has a heart after God. We're going after God in all that we do and all that we say. We are pursuing God with a passion. The last thing that this ministry is, is we're a passionate ministry. If you see me sometimes come up here and I start yelling and we start dancing, it's because just passionate. And you want to know the great thing about it is that when I dance, I don't need any alcohol. I don't. And guess what? Neither do you. You don't need it. You don't need the alcohol. There is something inside of you that God has birthed. It's a spirit of joy that when you tap into that thing, all of a sudden, like passion arises. Like, man, I feel like shouting. I feel like jumping. I feel like dancing. I feel like witnessing. I feel like telling people about Jesus Christ. I feel like telling them and letting them know that Jesus is the answer for their life. Jesus is the answer for the city of Hayward. There's a passion that runs up inside of me that I got to say something. Listen, when I yell, I'm not trying to yell just for yelling. Say, it's just there's a passion that's inside of me. I've had this birthed in me since I was a kid. My coach used to say, somebody yell, go tell them to run. Go tell them. So I was the one saying, run, run, go home, let's score. I'm the same way now. I'm the same way now. Come on, let, let's go. We can do it. Come on, Benjamin. Come on, John. We're going to do it. Come on, Irma. Give, give the hugs, Christians. You can make it. Let's go. The passion, passionate. And listen to me, if you know, I'm not just passionate on this stage, I'm passionate off this stage. I love God. I want to wake up early, go to bed late. That was a song we used to sing in the UTC. Wake up early, go to bed late, have God all day. It's a passion. Victory outreach. Let that passion come back inside. And we're going to see Hayward one for God's honor and for God's glory. Come on, give Jesus a hand. Stand with me here today. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As Brother AJ and the team begin to sing this song, listen, if that's you here this morning, you, maybe you need to renew your passion, renew your commitment. I don't know, whatever it might be. Some of you, maybe you're brand new here within the church, and you're just saying, man, I, I want to get connected to something. This is a great church to get connected to. This is a great vision to get connected to. This is a great heart to get connected to. And if you're saying, you know what, I want to get connected. I want to renew my connection, whatever it might be. As they begin to sing this song, I want you to slip out of your seat and come to this altar right now and say, God, I want